This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. At some point far in the future, historians will probably ask, what was daily life like in the early 21st century? Well, one thing we know for sure, nobody will ever point to these two clowns and say, This was how you should have been stacking Benjamins. Hey there, money nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and this is the Stacking Benjamin Show. You won't believe the cast of contributors on today's roundtable. First, from the award-winning LenPenzo.com blog, please welcome Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We terminated him. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's Len Penzo. Next, from the amazing Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant. And finally, from Control Your Cash, please welcome... It's Greg McFarlane. And on today's fintech segment, the CEO of the financial management app Moneylion... Put your hands together for D. Chuby. And now, our fearless leader and slow pitch softball captain, Joe Saul Seahigh. That guy throws a wicked 12 foot arc. Four. Ball four is exactly what we'd need if, if we actually had a slow pitch softball team because nobody here can hit the ball. Hey, everybody. I am Joe Saul Seahigh, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a great Friday episode we have. Speaking of four, Four years of college done for my daughter. Uh, congratulations to Autumn. Autumn was our original intern. For those of you that have listened for a long time, you know that uh, every eight weeks we take a week off. And Autumn, the intern, was the first one. She graduated from college last week. So congratulations to her. Better yet for dad and mom, she has a job. So that's also fantastic. We're super excited about all of that. You know what else we're excited about? We're excited that you're on your way to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Because when you go to magnify money, you know what you find out? They comparison shop for you more products, whether it's auto loans, personal loans, credit card, 0% offers, credit card rewards, checking accounts, savings accounts. It's all there in one spot. Why go searching all over the internet or just look at your single bank when you can go to a place as easy as Magnify Money. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money is the place to go. And good news for you too. If you've got questions about any of that stuff, auto loans, credit cards, getting a checking account, savings account, best one for people with bad credit, with great credit, how to maximize rewards, whatever it might be. Nick Clements from Magnify Money going to be on our Thursday Stacky Benjamins live broadcast. That's on Facebook Live. It's on our Stacky Benjamins page. That's coming up Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. 
Pacific. But check out the site first, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And what you're going to find when you go there is the place that's number one in that arena, wherever they compete, student loans, personal loans, is SoFi, spelled S-O-F-I. SoFi is the leader in marketplace lending. And what does that mean? It means there's somebody looking for a better interest rate on one end. You're looking for a lower one. They put money in the pot with SoFi. You come get a loan. And guess what? Everybody's happy. They take a bet on you and you're a bet worth taking. Our friend Dan Macklin says that it takes just minutes to find out how SoFi can work with you directly. When Amanda Wood from SoFi was on our Stack of Benjamins live broadcast on Facebook a couple weeks ago, she said that everything's personalized. What's cool is they don't use FICO. They have their own proprietary way of seeing if you are a good credit risk. FICO's outdated and SoFi knows it because they're a different kind of banking institution. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash SOFI. All right, we have a fantastic, fantastic roundtable today. As you heard, I'm excited for you to hear about Money Lion during our Friday FinTech segment. We'll explain more about that at the break, but let's get this party started, huh? Let's move. All right, let's walk across the basement here and dust off, dust off the short, man, oh man, is this thing dusty. Let's start off in uh, Los Angeles, California, where when Len Penzo says it's dusty, he's talking about something different. Yeah, I can get that dust all the way over here, Joe. That was a lot of dust. You can smell it from there. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. You? I am doing just peachy. We're in the full throes of spring and, and life is good. I know. We started here in Texas having what we refer to as really hot days. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. that term. <laughs> But th- yes, but they're it's not. Anything, a- if it's anything like Dallas's really hot days, then uh, you have my sympathy. Yeah, speaking of people who get really hot days in uh, Las Vegas, let's talk to Paula Pant from Afford Anything. You know, it's it's just beginning to get hot here, and it's really not that bad. Drink a lot of water, and uh, don't be out in the sunlight in the middle of the day. All the common sense stuff. But I believe that the human body is much more equipped to handle heat than it is to handle cold. So right. I'm down with it. You're not a fan of winters. You're not a fan Our of the cold. Super mild. You're not you know? a f- you're not a fan of the cold at all. Oh no 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 no! I, I mean, see. we have no fur. We have sweat glands. Like <laughs> the body can adapt to heat. So bring it on. I'm the opposite. You know, I agree with uh, Cheryl's uncle. He always says, "Just the cool thing about the cold is just put on another layer." I mean, how yeah. easy is that? I can't I can't peel off my skin. Yeah, but you can drink water and stay in the shade and and then your body will be fine. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. Just never go outside. That's cool. (laughs) That's great. Same same is true in the winter, man. At some point, like no matter how much you put on, you're just always cold. No, I totally agree. And across town from you, we have him back, Paula. We got him back, Greg McFarlane. We have no fur. Paula evidently never met the first girl I got drunk with. (laughs) She's right, though. Paula's right. Hydrate or die. Got to keep the liquid coursing through your veins. Was that a bad night, Greg? Yeah, I was 18, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> Any night's a good night, then. Well, she was Italian. We're going to get off that topic and instead go to our first uh, piece, which comes to us from Kiplinger. This is by Knight Kiplinger Actually, himself. Actually, Joe, it, it sounds like you're. we're going to the second piece. No, this is the first one. Knight not, Kipl- not according to Greg. <laughs> I thought it was the 82nd one. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> really? 
Are we starting at this early, Penzo? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. Eight keys to financial security right here. And uh, let, let's walk through these because these are fairly specific and interesting. Paula, key number one on uh, Mr. Kiplinger's uh, list here is invest in yourself. And I think you probably agree with that. Yeah, I totally do. The point that he's making here is that if you can get a raise, if you can get a pay hike, that's significant. And that will stay with you for the rest of your working life and compounds into way more than, you know, even what you can get in the stock market. So uh, keep your earning power hefty. And let's go to you, Greg, because some people sometimes think that you're anti higher education, but you're not. I think you're all about investing in yourself. Just make sure the ROI is there. Yeah, Mr. Kiplinger's recommendations are of, they're common sense, but they are of value. I mean, yes, invest in yourself. Now, I don't know that you are necessarily the largest indicator of your own fortune or your future accumulation, but yeah, adding to your marketplace value is never going to be a negative. The only qualification I give is to know what's important and what isn't. I mean, for instance, I have a real estate license, or at least I used to. And that industry in particular loves to hand out designations, sit for this three hour class, get a new set of initials to put in your business card. The problem is most clients don't care if you have a GRI or a PRS. That's just one example. Invest in yourself, but don't use that as an excuse to put yourself in hock to get a real estate designation or worse yet, a master's degree that you can't capitalize on for cash. Yeah, it's almost like oh. it's almost like, Len, when people say. When people say that the mechanic's ASC certified, like, you know, when you look through the yellow pages, every single mechanic's talking about how they're ASC certified, making that designation maybe important, but eh. You're right. And Greg just opened up a wound that, that I have. You know, I went as an engineer, I thought it'd be a good idea to get an MBA. And let me tell you, after spending my money on that MBA, I'll be honest with you, it did absolutely nothing for my career. So Greg is right. You've got to use a little foresight when you're investing, I'll put that in quotes, in yourself because some things you might think will pay off actually don't in the end. And so, uh, yes. But how do you- Great advice. Yeah, but I, you, I didn't mean I didn't mean to open up that wound. I'm going to go to nursing school, and then four years later, I'll teach you how to dress it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. But Paula, assuming that you agree with these gentlemen, this whole idea of know the ROI, the education before you get it. You know, you're 25. You've got no idea if it's going to pay dividends or not. How do you find out? Look at people who are doing what it is that you want to be doing and then look at their bio. See how it is that they got to where they are and imitate that. So if you are in an, an extremely specific field like dentistry, that path is going to be much more clear cut in terms of educational designations. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, for example, like let's say that you want to have an award-winning podcast like Stacking Benjamins, take a look at what Joe Saul Cihai did in order to get to where he is and then just reverse engineer that. So, you know, oh, rather than... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you don't need a master's in broadcasting. You just need to move to Texarkana. Yeah. And uh, Len's been here since the start. There's been no train wrecks at all, Len, right? It's not a single one. No, this has been smooth sailing. Talk to me about what not to do, though. I totally agree with that. <laughs> uh, number two, Greg, here is interesting because I was surprised on his list of keys that right here at the top at number two is protect yourself and your loved ones. He's talking about insurance before anything else. And I agree with him. Buy insurance, which, drum roll, eliminates the need for an emergency fund. <laughs> 
And while you're at it, don't overinsure. Yes, absolutely. You should. A lot of the time, insurance is mandated. If you want to drive a car, you have to insure it. If you want to live in the post-Obamacare United States, you have to get health insurance. And that will, whether you're forced to or whether you just realize it's a prudent idea, that will take care of almost any eventuality, any negative eventuality that might hit you. Len, when it comes to your job as an engineer, I know a lot of what you guys do is kind of look at all the things that can go wrong first, right? And eliminate those before you start a project. Yeah, that's one of the first, that's one of our most important jobs is reducing risk. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So to, uh, top of your game then is kind of insurance, I would suppose. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I started young. I got life insurance for you 20 somethings out there. I actually got life insurance before I was married and had kids. Did you um, really? So, yes, I did. But but was it because you not- was it because you wanted it or were you sold? Well, this is a case where I took some advice from my dad. So my dad said, son, if you get some life insurance early, your premiums will be cheaper for the rest of your life. So get it now. You could afford it. And then you'll thank me later. I guess he was right. You know, I, I mean, my I got a su- super cheap rate that I'm still paying now to this day oh, based so- on my age when I was 25. Oh, so so. You, you bought a long, long term policy. A 30-year policy. Yeah. So it, as a matter of fact, it's come, my daughter's graduating this year, and I think I got one year left on it, two years left on it. So, yeah. Did you and the honeybee talk about it, that on your first date? Baby, I got life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that sexy? <laughs> There's nothing sexier than a prudent man. <laughs> you know what's happening like five days, Greg, before that policy expires? She's inviting him downstairs for a uh, mushroom dinner. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, the, 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 there's no light on. Don't worry about it. It's really <laughs> <down here. laughs> hey, you're going to make me all paranoid now. Stop it. No, whenever we have these sessions, we put this around your neck. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number, key oh, numbers. Paul like that. <laughs> oh, man. I have, I have never heard the humor on this show go there. That's, uh, that's, so kids, follow exactly what you see your favorite podcasters doing, and that's how you, too, can invest in yourself. <laughs> Do not. Please do not. If there's more than one of these, boy, the world's in trouble. Uh, key number three here, Paula, borrow sparingly, which he doesn't say don't borrow at all. He says this word sparingly. Yeah, I really like the way that he phrased that because it's not as extreme as the Dave Ramsey don't have, you know don't take on any debt whatsoever, which I, I, in my personal opinion, is a little bit too far. But it's not as reckless as the like. Yeah, anytime that you can arbitrage the interest rate, you may as well borrow, like take on more debt. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So, you know, the Goldilocks approach, borrow sparingly, be conservative, be cautious. I think it's a great attitude and it's a great way to uh, approach debt. Greg, I think you've got a whole section of your book, uh, Control Your Cash, an amazing book that Len Penzo likes. It's available on Amazon in that book about- Best book I've ever read. Best personal finance book ever. But you have a whole section, if I remember, on how to use debt sparingly. As we say in Control Your Cash, Making Money Makes Sense, buy assets, sell liabilities. Right. And to take that to a, to another level, don't finance liabilities. Perishable stuff, yeah, pay cash for. Like he says, clothing, travel, entertainment, and furniture. But if, if you're looking for something that's going to be a long-term investment that you're going to own for 30 to 40 years, such as a house, and you don't happen to have six figures in cash on hand, well, yeah, of course you're going to have to borrow. And that that's an example of borrowing prudently as opposed to borrowing haphazardly. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to skip key point number four, which is pay yourself first. I think we've seen that before and we know a little bit about that. But number five interests me, Len. Don't go for the home run. I always think there's room in your portfolio for the home run, don't you? Like, let's take a flyer once in a while. Yes, I agree with you. And I think you should always go for some flyers. But I think when he says go for the home run, I'm wondering if he says put all of your eggs in one basket when you're going for that home run. I had a buddy who he took his 401k. This was several years ago and it actually paid off for him. But I thought it was crazy. He took his 401k, got out of stocks, got out of bonds, got out of everything and went all into the company stock. So he, if, you know, if something happened bad to the company, he would have wiped out his entire 401k portfolio. Right. But uh, to me, that's what's going, going for the home run. I mean, yes, it could pay off, but yes, you could also wipe yourself out. Paula, he says, shy away from high volatility stocks, initial public offerings, buying on margin and commodity trading. But I look at some of these highly volatile stocks that I've owned, you know, if it's not volatile down, it's not going to be volatile up. I mean, how do I win without that? Unless you really know what you're doing, I would say avoid individual stocks generally. Sure, you can use a very, very small portion of your portfolio, less than 5% as kind of fun money. But for the vast majority of it, unless you do this full time and you are like super knowledgeable about what you're doing, I don't see why you should be in the stock game. Greg, you don't agree with that, though, do you? I mean, is there room for everybody in the individual stock game? Oh, absolutely there is. And to cite Len's point, that's not uh, the example that he made. That's not going for the home run. That's going for the home run with two strikes on you. (laughs) Clayton Kershaw is on the mound and and you're blindfolded. I do think that the investment advice that Mr. Kiplinger is giving might err on the conservative side to tell people that never swing for the fences. Use a portion of your portfolio, like Paula suggests, or your net worth for the volatile investments. Again, a portion, not 100%. But not 0% either, a lot closer to zero than 100, much closer, in fact. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I do think these are conservative. But I guess conservative is a great place for people to start. Hey, so Joe, so let's ask you. So what percentage of your portfolio do you use for, you know, flyers? Oh, no. I mean, I like to sit here and stir the pot. So I think I, <laughs> I think 10, I think 10% or less to go for the home run. I do like going for the home run, but I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, let's, let's use a very small portion of the portfolio. But I also think that this is good, solid, conservative advice that's the key. The key number seven, well, let's go through these. Key number six, diversify, diversify, diversify. We've all heard that. Key seven, live simply today for a more comfortable tomorrow. Key eight, give generously to create a better world. And I'll link to these in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. We talk about conservative investments. Let's uh, invest a little time conservatively here in a piece from the Simple Dollar This written by one Trent Ham. It's called Finance Without a Direction in Life. Len, this piece where we had a lot of very specific advice from Mr. Kiplinger, we're not really getting that from Mr. Ham here. Yeah, this is something where Mr. Ham talks about being rudderless and not knowing what you're going to do with your life and how do you handle that. So I'm going to go right to his final thoughts to summarize because it's a very long post. But basically what he says is, Find your anchors in life, invest in them, and don't invest in things that aren't anchors. And yeah, I'd say that's partially right, but uh, you know, I don't think that's an end-all, be-all either. But I think he does make some good advice to say, "Hey, you got to know what you want to do in life." What is he? What do you think he means by anchors, though? Find your anchors. Well, to me, it would be. I know when when I was young. Well, I when I was young, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. 
I wanted to be an architect. And of course, I changed my mind changed in college. So and I became an engineer. So I think what he's saying is find out what you can enjoy. Experience life, see what you enjoy in life, and then see if you can make some money off of that. That's kind of how I and I, if that's not what he means, that would be my my advice too. But because uh, you got to do enjoy what you do in life. But it's funny, Paula. He starts off about not having any rudder at all and not really knowing what your anchor is. Do you wait until you find that anchor to begin investing and begin saving for the future? Well, I mean, I think that in the way that he talks about anchors, he's almost discussing values. So I'm sure you, everybody has some type of anchor, even if it's not a career related one or a relationship related one, there's something that you value, some that anchors you and that informs the decisions that you make. And I think what he's saying is to find that. I think Greg, for some people though, that's searching in the fog and at some point you got to go. I've been waiting for this since the day I completed the podcast roster. Uh, That being said, I deserve combat pay for having to trudge through one of Trent Ham's articles from start to finish. But somehow doing so is not quite as much fun when I'm obligated to do it. As Len pointed out, this article is, Len was being nice and he said long. I think what Len meant to say was ridiculously verbose. Trent Ham writes, my sole piece of advice to anyone who feels directionless is this, find some anchors. Next line, I'm not leaving anything out. How do you find those anchors though? Try things. Eva wrote things in italics, attesting to its importance. Things. T- uh, tell me, Len, Paula, Joe, have you guys ever tried things? I've, oh, I've, things. I, yeah, I've tried things. Lots of I things. Haven't. I'm, I'm going to try that though right after we're done here. Hey, just to clarify, Greg, I've tried stuff, but not things. Ooh, I've tried things, but not stuff. And how much did this guy allegedly sell his website for? My God. This is a man who once wrote an article telling people that if they wanted to stretch their dollars, they should move to rural Iowa. He also wrote a piece, an unrelated piece, that told women they can save money on bathing suits by swimming in their underwear. I swear to God, I am not making this up. And how about linking to that in the show notes, Joe? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be fabulous. And, 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 he's, and he's so, he's so hyper-frugal, he wasn't even doing it in a pervy way. He was doing it because he honestly thought that it was a legitimate way to save money. So I take every piece of advice that comes out of his mouth with uh, several grains of salt. I just found the piece uh, rudderless, I guess, if we're going to use lead, if we're going to use the term, uh, Greg's correct. There's, there's a lot of words here and holy cow, we get, I got, I got very little out of this. Well, I, yeah, you know, I, I get writers who, who write for my website too, and I edit. And if this was submitted to me, I, this has got to be 15, 2000 words. <laughs> And I think what could have been said could have been said in 500 words. So. I have lots of anchors. My relationship with my wife is a big anchor, but it's now joined by the anchors that are my three children. Well, <laughs> you, you, you don't find those. If I'm looking for anchors, I'm not going to find a wife and three kids. <laughs> Paul, you know, I, 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 his, his definition of anchor changes from paragraph to paragraph. Well, that was my thought, too, when I read it, is that he says, you know, uh, you're rudderless, so go find things that don't make you rudderless. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, circular logic, yes. Yeah, Paula, um, is there anything else here? <laughs> Got any meat you want to pull off this bone? Well, Joe, let's just say he uh, offers specifics just as well as you transition from segment to segment. <laughs> That's probably probably a good place for us to transition out of this thing. 
<laughs> he, he spent forever. I think us spending the last four minutes on it's probably enough. just hey, please let the record show. I tried to take the high road on this, but Greg, you dragged me down into the mud. I was kind of looking forward to whatever Greg would have to say. <laughs> there, there, there is no high road when dealing with this lunatic. <laughs> got to take a quick break to say big thanks to everybody who's gone to stackybenjamins.com forward slash SoFi. You know, when you go to SoFi, it's called, it's called spelled S-O-F-I. What you're going to find there is just magic because they are a different kind of institution. You know it right away. They don't refer to people as numbers or customers. You are a member when you work with SoFi and they treat members differently. Everything from helping you get a job to networking events. I mean, crazy stuff they do. The SoFi blog is an amazing place as well. You want to check that out when you're there. But the main reason you go, it's to refinance those student loans or to grab a personal loan to consolidate that debt and get rid of those credit cards once and for all. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash SOFI if you're looking for either of those things. Guess what they're going to do? They'll throw in $100 if you use our link for those two things. They also do mortgages. You can check that out too. They can't give you a hundred bucks for the mortgage, but if you're refinancing your house, why not uh, check with SoFi? StackyBenjamins.com forward slash SoFi. The place that calls SoFi numero uno when it comes to any place they compete is Magnify Money. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to MagnifyMoney.com right now. We're going to take a look at savings accounts and let's see what savings account interest rates look like right now as we record this just a couple days before it comes out so it looks like uh, 1.3 couple different places offering 1.3 dollar savings direct very transparent which is an a grade on their fine print one dollars minimum balance 1.3 that's better than what we've seen before also bank purely uh, also one dollar 1.3 very transparent and then 1.25 American Airlines Credit Union. I think last time we looked, they were number one. $5 minimum balance for them, 1.25, and also very transparent. And so you keep scrolling down, and lots of places now over 1%, which is which is good to see. It also shows me that if you're looking to refinance debt, you want to do that soon. Because when credit card interest rates go up and auto loan rates go up, savings account rates going up at the same time, they don't always correlate, but I'll tell you, it looks like the uh, the super low rates that we've seen in the past are nearly gone. Obviously, these are still phenomenal rates that you can get if you're refinancing debt. But stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, whether it's balance transfers, cashback rewards, 0% interest, we call that surfing that you're going to do with credit cards, personal loans, student loan refinance, uh, auto loans, small business, you've got it. All right. Welcome to our Friday FinTech segment. Let me tell you what I like here. When I first heard about Money Lion, I thought this is a company that we need to have on the show because you see so much data in one place and they've done something a lot of other companies haven't done, which is they've gamified their approach to money management, meaning they've really made it fun. And so everything from money and wealth management to free credit monitoring, loans and other credit products and some data-driven advice and recommendations, they will give you lots and lots of cool cool things all in one place. I like it. I like it when I have a good dashboard and Money Lion brings that. So that's why I wanted to talk to them. We don't recommend any of the companies that we have on the Friday FinTech segment. We just want to show you something cool that we found that uh, at first glance look cool. And we're excited to bring them on the line so that they can tell us 
more about it. Let's talk to their CEO, uh, Dicho Bay, coming down to the basement. And Dicho Bay from Money Lion joins us. Have a seat, man. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, I'm glad that you included us on your tour of telling people a little bit about Money Lion. You guys have been around for a little while, right? Uh, we've been around since 2013, yeah. right after the financial crisis. And how did you start it? Did One day, did you say, you know what? Finances are difficult for me and I need uh, tools that will help me with that. And you couldn't find one, so you built it? Or what was the origin story, D? Yeah, Joe. I mean, something like that. I mean, after the, after the financial crisis in 2013, most banks retreated from directly engaging with everyday Americans. So we really thought of reimagining a consumer finance company. So our mission since day one has been to use the power of technology to improve the financial lives of our customers. That's everyday Americans. We want to empower them with better options for managing their money, looking at their bank accounts, getting their credit score. Things like buying a house or buying a car or getting insurance are big stress inducers for a lot of Americans. We want to basically demystify that process using Moneyline as the hub for all things personal finance. So for you, with some of the stories we've had, people coming on the show, it was it was a personal thing for them. For you, I mean, I'm sure it was personal. You heard stories around you, but you saw this opportunity and nobody was doing it. It was certainly personal because we all struggle with, you know, can I save enough for a vacation Am I on track to retire? Uh, Am I putting enough money into my 401k? And outside of very expensive tools that Wall Street advisors would give you, I just wanted to do something on my mobile app. You know, I wanted an advisor, a financial coach that I could just open a iPhone app or an Android app and uh, link all my bank accounts. And, you know, algorithms and all the technology in the world has gotten so advanced that there was no reason why all those algorithms couldn't be used to just give me better insights about how I am spending my money every year vis-a-vis all of uh, my peer group or other Americans in other parts of the country. You know, so it, it was a personal story in that, in, in that regard. Gotcha. Well, and what impressed me initially, D, when I found Money Lion was the fact that you can tell there's a lot going on under the hood, but you really did make it simple. When you talk about Wall Street and how half of Wall Street's mm-hmm. goal is to make sure that they show you enough smoke and mirrors that you continue to you continue to come back for more because they have to handle it because you're not smart enough. You've really, you know, it's a horrible phrase to say dumbed it down, but you know what I mean? You've made it so that it doesn't look nearly as intimidating. Yeah, our goal since the beginning, and our marketing team does a great job of saying this, but, you know, we wanted to make money more approachable. We didn't want necessarily people to think, that it was something that you had to hide from. If you think about America generally, right, 38% of Americans, unfortunately, can't come up with $1,000 for an unexpected expense. Households in America have over $15,000 in credit card debt. Um, There are 93 million Americans that have a FICO score between 550 and 700. So those problems really became expounded after the financial crisis. And that's really what led us to build the suite of tools in a way where you can open an app take a selfie, take a picture of your driver's license, and that would be enough for us to really see what credit product made sense for you. And over time, we now have over a million registered users who use our tools pretty regularly to even just say, am I running out of money in 10 days? And if so, what should I do? As simple as that to as powerful as how much should I be contributing to my 401k so I can have 80% of the money I make today when I'm 65 years old. That's what's frustrating to me, D, is that people say that money stresses them out. And so they don't look at it. I think what they need is something that kind of makes it approachable and makes it easy for you to see where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. Let's dive in, though, 
tell me how I get it and then let's dive into the app. How does it work? Sure. So you get it a bunch of ways. The easiest way is to go into Apple's iStore and download the app. It's free to download. We have a great relationship with a company called TransUnion, which is one of the three major credit bureaus in the country. And with that partnership, we give uh, free credit scores to anyone who wants it. And it's a matter of answering a few simple questions about where you live, what your identity is. We want to make sure that we're protecting people's identity very carefully. And then once you've done that, gone through a few questions right on the app, you will see what the banks really see. So if you have a 700 FICO score or um, that's what you'll know that banks or lenders are seeing when you're applying for credit, whether you're applying for a mortgage or an auto loan. And that oftentimes dictates the price that you pay for that loan. So that's the first value proposition that we give. The second value proposition is really linking your bank accounts. Uh, so you may have a credit card, you may have a bank account, you may have a mortgage, you may have an insurance product, you may have some savings in an E-Trade or a Scott Trade or a Charles Schwab account. You can link all of those very easily just as if you would log into those accounts on the provider's website. The mobile app is downloadable in the Apple's iStore as well as uh, the Google Play you can, you can access every part of our mobile application just by going to moneyline.com and creating a free account, signing in, and uh, going from there as well. It isn't just net worth and debt products. It's also knowing how you're spending money. Absolutely. It's ways to save. So I use it for you know, my app. To, it's customized for everybody. My ways to save cards are always that I'm spending too much on Uber and that I should be walking more <laughs> uh, or... I'm in the top 0.1% of Americans in coffee. Uh, so that's always an interesting <laughs> one. So the app recommends a coupon to Keurig for me. <laughs> but similarly, over time, what, what excites us on the product side here at Moneyline is because we now have over a million bank accounts linked, we get to see consumption patterns across America. We know how many tacos are being eaten in Texas. We know how much gas is being put into cars in Ohio. And that allows us to make even better recommendations to people about just given how the overall population is spending their money. We shouldn't talk about tacos right now because I'm starving, D, and I'm going to be in the top 1% of that. So that's a, that's a cool thing. I was going to ask you about that data. So you're giving me that data saying, hey, I'm in the top 1% of coffee drinkers. That type of thing's right there on the app? We are. Absolutely. Yeah. That actually brings up, and maybe that is a counterpoint. I'm going to ask you the question that everybody asks you, the question that's going to make you groan, is that obviously the bajillion pound gorilla in this space is Mint, right? A lot of people mm -hmm. use Mint. How do you guys differentiate from Mint? How are you different? Sure, that's a good question. I think that the capability that you find in Mint is just the beginning of really the product offering that we provide. We're using some of the bleeding edge technologies on artificial intelligence and machine learning to go beyond just looking at a point in time snapshot of your balance sheet. So even the things that we talked about around ways to save, that's actually predicated on over $40 billion of spending data. So we're taking the data of all the people we see in the universe, we're anonymizing it, and we're basically using that to power a predictive recommendation for you in terms of what your choices on a daily basis mean for your financial wellness one month out, six months out, do I get through the tax season? Do I get through Christmas? Do I get through uh, saving enough to send my kid to college in four years? And dare I say, ultimately solving for the holy grail is how much do I have to save every year to retire 65 so I've got a great 20 years beyond that? So the, those types of second level considerations are something that really differentiate Moneyline. 
Um, and in addition to that, we also give borrowing tools. So if you may be short thousands of dollars, we'll help you make up that difference by lending you money. And that's really what Mint doesn't do is take it that second step. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that. And I, I hope you didn't mm-hmm. mind the question that you probably get every time. No, not because, at all. Yeah, because there seems to me to be uh, quite a bit of, of stuff under the hood that I just uh, don't see. Where the interface, you know, on the surface, the first blush seems a lot of the same stuff. But man, it, it goes so much deeper. I want to ask you about something else here that we haven't touched on. You have this uh, points and perk tiers. Tell me about that. Sure. So, you know, in addition to just providing you information about your bank accounts and your credit card accounts and um, saying, hey, Joe, here's you're spending $10,000 more than you usually do. You're going to run out of money in 10 days. Here are four options. In addition to that, we think that money is better spent when there is a conversation about it. So we've gone to great lengths to create a community around Moneyline. You know, one of the key differentiators is you can actually go onto Moneyline, build a network, just like you'd build a network on Facebook or LinkedIn. There's no legality to building the network. The more uh, endorsements or boosts you have on your network, we actually reward that. We reward that with either points. Points work just like Amex points. 2,500 points equals a $25 gift card to over 3,000 retailers. And you can get points for not even being a loan taker. This is how we engage our universe of customers. If you show great utilization habits on your credit score, we'll give you 50 points. If your credit score goes up, we'll give you 50 points. One of the cool statistics that we see is that 67% of consumers who use Moneyline's products will increase their credit score by 20 points. That gives us a lot of excitement as a company because we believe in inclusion, we believe in simplicity, we believe in empowering each other. That network also allows people to decrease their interest rates. There's no reason not to do it because it's just it's, it's a free thing. But what that tells us is that the consumer really cares. And when the consumer cares, the default less. So when we see consumers building a network on Moneyline, we know that they're 30 to 40% less likely to default on a loan, which then allows us to price and give them a much, much lower interest rate than what their credit score may otherwise uh, lead to at other lenders. I also like just the gamification there with the points myself. I don't know why. Uh, I just I, We I lo- see a lot of engagement. We see the most amount of uh, engagement we see is when we reward people for, for improvements in credit score or meeting the Moneyline bank account challenge. And we're fostering good saving habits, right? So every time you exhibit a good financial habit, like keeping your bank balance at the highest level over the last three months, six months, nine months, all of that is tied to points. And all of that is tied to engagement. So whereas, you know, the, going back to your earlier question about what makes you different from Mint is you look at Mint, you look at your accounts when you need to. You, We want consumers to interact with Moneyline on a daily basis as they improve their financial habits on a go-forward basis. I'm running out of time, but I have to ask this. Everybody's wondering whenever we talk to anyone on our fintech segment how you guys make money. I'm sure, obviously, when you loan people money, you get an interest rate for that. What are some sure. other ways that you make money at Moneyline? That's predominantly the way we make money. Okay. Um, when our consumers win, we win. And for when we're not able to provide the product, for instance, whether it's an insurance quote, if, so, if a consumer may need life insurance, we'll partner with insurance companies to show that consumer multiple offers. And if the consumer takes an offer, we'll get a commission from the insurance company. Gotcha. So that's the second way we make money. And then I'm assuming when it comes, obviously, to you guys are handling a lot of people's data, uh, bank level security? Absolutely. Bank level plus security. Because we lend through a bank, we have FDIC level 
audits and look-throughs. So in an environment where consumers care a lot about data privacy, it's bank level plus, I would say, in terms of uh, just how the data is stored and uh, how we access it. The community is called, once again, it's called Money Lion. You can get it at the uh, Apple App Store. You can also get it on uh, Google Play or you can go to moneylion.com. Dicho Bay, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Once again, for more on Money Lion, check out moneylion.com. It's interesting, the assault that companies like Money Lion are putting on Mint. It just seems like these companies are really flexing their muscles and giving you more than you get with Mint. All right, let's head back to our awesome roundtable discussion with Greg McFarlane, the author of Control Your Cash, Paula Pant, the author of the amazing and award-winning Afford Anything blog and the Afford Anything podcast, and Len Penzo from lenpenzo.com. Also award-winning, lenpenzo.com. Greg's been gone for a couple of weeks and I'm not trying to just press his button, but now we're going to talk about the moneyologist and I'm sure we're going to hear Greg's head pop off here in a second. But for people new to the show, every once in a while, we will go to the moneyologist column from marketwatch.com and we'll read a piece. I don't link to it when I give our contributors the pieces. I don't tell them what the moneyologist said because I don't really care. What I want to hear is what they have to say. And I thought this was a very interesting one. Here's the letter, guys. Dear Moneyologist, I read your column faithfully, like Greg does, and I hope that you can answer my question. I feel really awkward about asking it. I own a house and have been scrimping and draining every investment you can think of in order to pay the mortgage as quickly as possible. I think I'll have it paid off within two years if I continue making maximum payments. My boyfriend, who's renting an apartment for $1,200 a month, is thinking of moving in with me. We talked about his, quote, paying rent in the amount of $500 per month, But now he's wondering if he could only do that until the mortgage is paid and then live here for free, paying his share of the utilities, of course. I'm uncomfortable with this, but at the same time, I wonder how long he would need to pay rent for were he to pay $500 per month beyond the end of the mortgage. We're hoping to jointly buy a condo in about five years, in which case the purchase would be a shared expense. I don't want to appear cheap. Of course, we're going to have a cohabitation agreement, but this is a sticking point. Do you think it's inappropriate to expect him to pay $500 per month in rent before then? Uh, uh, you know what, Greg? I haven't started with you yet, I'll Greg. I'll take it. Yeah, Greg, let's do this one. $500 a month. What do you think? This is why I hate moneyologists almost as much as I hate Trent Ham. How do you write this letter and leave out the most crucial piece of information? Anybody? How much is your mortgage payment? If her mortgage payment is $495 a month, then yeah, the boyfriend is making a pretty generous offer. More than it sounds from the way she worded her initial play. Now, she says she's uncomfortable with that, but she leaves out details. She doesn't yeah, but say the why. Big deal, but the big deal here, Greg, I think, and I, I do agree, we need to know what the mortgage payment is. But the fact is, she's put all this money toward the house. He's done nothing toward that. And then, you know, after she pays off the mortgage, he thinks, hey, that's great for both of us. I don't have to pay anything either. Well, I don't know if she's uncomfortable because she thinks he's freeloading or because she doesn't feel right taking that much money from him. Again, we don't know until we know how much her mortgage payment is. I think that's crucial. Yeah, Paula, do you think that's crucial? I don't think that's crucial. I think that this is really a question. This is not a question about money. It's a question about him freeloading. Like what gives him the sense of entitlement that he can just live there for free? Why does he think that? If she's uncomfortable with it, then why does he feel like he's, has any right to, to request it or to expect it. 
Yeah, but uh, Len, what do you think? Should she let him live there for free after the $500? I mean, the thing is, I think if she's serious about him, and, you know, we don't even know, to Greg's point, there's so many details we don't know. Let's say he's really struggling with money. And if these two are in love and they're a couple, I mean, should she have his back? Look, I pretended this was my daughter coming to me, right? And what would I have told my daughter if she came to me with this? First off, the fact that she's living with a boyfriend, I probably wouldn't have liked at all. But let's say I passed on that. I would have said, hell yeah, make pay, make him pay $500 a month until you get a ring on your finger. There, there's just no doubt of it. There's, I don't know what the dilemma is here. Because there's a sentence in here that says, we are hoping to jointly buy a condo in about five years. To me, what that's saying is, that's her talking, saying, I sure hope I'm married within the next five years. So bottom line is, you make that guy pay until you're married. Do you think that's what she's saying, Paula, that I hope there's a ring on my finger at that time? No, no, I don't hear that statement at all. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, yeah, because you can buy a condo with somebody without being married to them. I don't, I don't see how the two are related. Greg, oh, if he, I do. I wouldn't do that. That's just me. Maybe that's my old-fashioned values. Greg, if she decides that he moves in, they're talking about cohabitation agreement. Does she uh, give him a contract? I mean, do you think that this is a contractual agreement or is this just a give me $500 on the first? Mm, contractual agreement wouldn't hurt. And she says that she has mentioned it. I salute Lynn for looking at the... Uh, for, for looking at a way that, that she can capitalize on this, be something of a mercenary about it. Uh, what kind of financial shape is he in? Evidently not so bad if he's talking about buying half a condo in the next five years, or well, maybe that's, or, or maybe they're not serious. I don't know. No, good point there. Don't you hear? It seems to me, Greg, you can hear the mistrust in her voice. Like she really doesn't trust him. And I don't know if I'm yeah. reading into that too much or not. Well, yeah, I, th I think when you start asking unrelated third parties in the internet for relationship advice, then the <laughs> ship is already sinking. <laughs> I think that Do you think this is a real letter. Do you even think this is a real letter? I don't know. Man. I, I think that all advice letters are lies. They, <laughs> you know, it's funny. When we first started doing these moneyologist things, and Greg said he didn't think it was real. I'm like, no, nah, they're real. And now that we, <laughs> and, and seriously, now that we've done like eight of them, now I think they all kind of sound the same. Like they sound like they do have. There's just little things that are the same author. I would love to get one of those. Uh, forensic people on this, you know, to look at, oh, well, they phrase this the same way every time. I mean, clearly going back to Trent Ham, Greg, when he has those letters that are supposedly written to him, you know, they're written by him because they read exactly like he wrote them. Exactly. Like for instance, they'll never specify what town they live in or even what coast. If they're talking about a family member, it always says a family member, never my cousin, my brother-in-law, anything like that. He just, his columns are so ridiculously vague and and so are the letters that he quote unquote receives yeah there's a lot of passive construction of his sentences too i noticed all right i think that's a great place to, to, to stick a fork in this i think we were done like 10 minutes ago greg so glad you're back with us uh, tell us uh well what you got going on man uh, i'm on sabbatical excellent uh right. len penzo you on sabbatical no, I'm not on sabbatical. I've, I've actually got uh, uh, two articles I want to uh, highlight. One is nine indispensable financial tips for teens and 20-somethings. I thought I'd do that with the graduation. Graduation, right? Along. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I do, Greg, you are on sabbatical, but I'm rerunning an oldie but goodie from you about REITs, a tiered investment for dyslexics, only <laughs> on lenpenzo.com. What a fantastic title at the very least. That's awesome. Tiered Paula. investment for dyslexics? <laughs> You'll have to come by it. and read it. Yeah, aren't, aren't you intrigued, Paula? I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I, that okay, that's clickbait for me. I wanna, I wanna see what that's about. Well, then you got one. 
There you go. Paula. And, and, and by the way, let me just say that Greg wrote that headline. So uh, that that's a classic headline. Very good, Greg. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Paula, I want to thank you because I appeared on your podcast again a couple weeks ago. So thanks for that. That we had a great time. At least I did. I entertained myself. But what else is going on at Afford Anything? At the Afford Anything podcast, you will find, in addition to actually several shows, Joe, that you and I have done together, uh, you'll also find an interview with Jen Sincero, New York Times bestselling author, as well as an Ask Paula episode that is entirely dedicated to real estate investing. So if you want to isolate out purely me answering listener questions, listener submitted questions that deal with real estate. You can find that at the Afford Anything podcast and, and. But wait, the there's Afford, more. Oh, guess what, kids? There's more. The Afford Anything blog. Do you remember that? Remember that? Shut thing? up. Shut up. It's true. It's totally true. By the time this episode comes out, a thing will have been published on the blog for the first time since January. Uh, and that thing is uh, a, an article plus a YouTube video, a 30-minute freaking YouTube video that cost me like $1,300 to produce. So please watch it. Paula, that's like my favorite unspecified December holiday and my birthday all rolled into one. <laughs> Thank you on your favorite unspecified December holiday. Way to be uh, religiously multicultural. Multicultural, right. Everybody, everybody agrees with that one. All right. Happy non-specific time of day, everybody. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for playing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's going to do it for today, everybody. Hey, guess what? On Fridays, we play a game. You ask yourself, what game? Well, I get bored because on Monday and Wednesday, OG is here with me talking, and I don't have him, so to entertain myself, I've created a game. So either in the title of the show today, or in the first few words that I said, or in the description of the show, you will find something strange, something that might not quite fit. And you take what didn't fit today with what didn't fit last week, that was the first week of the game. You put those two things together and you start to come up with your clue. And then over the course of the next seven weeks, we'll have seven different clues. And uh, finally, you put those clues together and you'll get what I'm talking about. And you email me, joe at stackybenjamins.com. We ended up ultimately, by the way, with three people who guessed the game. I don't think I said this before, did I? But Steve also guessed the game. Steve, we're sending you a t-shirt. And for everybody waiting on prizes I swear I am so far behind. I just came back from uh, New York and I apologize to all of our friends in New York who wrote to me. I had so many nice people write to me and say that they wanted to meet and I would love to meet and I should have done it better. I should have done things better, but I was very tied up at this Think conference. Next time I'm going to come in a day early so that we can hang out because I would love to hang out with with all of you. Uh, speaking of hanging out, in August, I will be in Anaheim and we're going to have more for those of you in Southern California if you want to hang out with us. Brent Crosby, who was recently on the show, volunteered their workspace, the Pier Street workspace. So I think we're going to we're going to take them up on that and we're going to have a Stacky Benjamins meetup at Pier Street. But I'll have more about that. I'll have exact dates for you later. And I apologize, New York, that I messed that up and, and couldn't, uh, couldn't meet with all the awesome, awesome friends of ours that we talk to online all the time. But anyway, back to uh, the beginning of that rambling sentence. I am way behind on sending out prizes. So uh, John, Dan, 
Uh, holy cow. I owe CC stuff. We owe the people uh, from the joke contest. We owe a bunch of people. And Steve, as I just mentioned. Uh, so we owe quite a few people some prizes. I'm going to be getting to that. Hopefully this weekend, we'll put all those in the mail. I think this is also going to be something we're talking about stuff uh, coming off my plate. And uh, Shannon, who is our awesome new community manager, I think prizes might, might be the thing. Might be another thing that uh, we we put on Shannon's plate. It's funny. Shannon just started working with us, and I feel like we're handing over the keys to a lot of the a lot of a lot of the stuff. But she's awesome. She's interacting with many of you in our green room, close Facebook group, and uh, does a lot of our tweeting on uh, the S Benjamin's Cast Twitter handle and handles a lot of the Facebook duties. So say hello to Shannon. All right, let's talk about what's going on next week because we have a fantastic week. I'm going to take you around this conference I went to. I was in New York City for the Think Conference talking about innovation and credit unions. And we've had recently a credit union roundtable. Well, we're going to talk about where the ball's headed when it comes to innovation. It's not just credit unions, it's banking too. This was a credit union conference though. And so we're talking to a bunch of the the finest uh, from credit unions about what they're doing. Plus, some uh, special people that credit unions invited from the New York area uh, who you've heard of before on this show and elsewhere. So we have some celebrities that I was able to talk to and that's fun on Wednesday. It's that day. One of my favorite episodes of the year every year is when our friend Robert Niles from theme park insider ushers in summer by telling us what's hot, what's not, and where the deals are, where the best value is when it comes to theme parks around the country. We do that before Memorial Day every year, and we don't disappoint this year. Robert Niles coming back to talk to us. And then on Friday, guess who is in the middle of the show? We swap out the FinTech segment for the HR segment. The evil HR lady, Suzanne Lucas, is coming back. I'm excited to talk to Suzanne because we had a letter that was written specifically to her and she's going to answer it. So what a great way to usher in Memorial Day weekend. Remember to download all of your favorite shows. Uh, If you're taking a road trip, take us with you and uh, we'll keep you awake on the road. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for telling people about us. Thank you for leaving us a review. That means so much when people tell us how much they like the show in a place where other people can see, whether it's on Stitcher, on iTunes, which, by the way, they now call it Apple Podcasts. So if you do that, thank you for everybody who's taken the time to do that for us. All right, go stack some Benjamins. We'll see you back here on Monday. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com. Greg McFarlane appears courtesy of Control Your Cash. Len Penzo appears courtesy of the cryptically named LenPenzo.com. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. 
There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. What was that? It's called the medium sketch. The medium sketch? Yeah, it wasn't rare, and it certainly wasn't well done. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.